he said, hey, you know what? You guys are NOAA investors. And right. me, me and Rakim were like, what's a NOAA investor? About, yeah, the next question was, what's a NOAA investor? And he was like, naturally occurring affordable housing. You guys are providing affordable housing <laughs> in Germantown without, you know, necessarily government assistance, right. without, you know, a whole bunch of resources or tax credits or such things like that. You guys are actually taking your own resources and creating nice products for people to live affordably. But right. we were like, yes. And like this light bulbs went off. We were like, yes, that's exactly what we are. Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, the program that shines a spotlight on positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization in the city of brotherly love. Coming to you live from the G-Town Radio Studio on Maplewood Mall in Germantown. Here's your host, Alina DeLisser. Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show. Joining me in the studio today are two men who are tackling real estate from multiple angles. Their names are Kwame Gray and Rakeem Miller, and together they are business partners and owners of Ross Street Investments, a local real estate operation. Kwame Gray is an accredited residential manager with over 20 years in property management. Most of his career has been with housing authorities in Philadelphia and Baltimore City. Kwame has also served as a consultant with expertise in budget management and development for public, cooperative, and market rate housing. His passion is affordable housing. And joining him is Rakeem Miller, who is the current Neighborhood Advisory Committee Manager for the Germantown United Community Development Corporation. Previously, he served as a staffer in city and state government for more than a decade. And in his public service career, Rakeem has worked with civic leaders, policymakers, and business owners to institute investment programs in underserved communities. Welcome to the show, guys. Peace. Thank, thank, you, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So both of you have very strong ties <laughs> to Germantown. Uh, Kwame, you grew up here, right? Yes. And tell us what's your earliest memory. How have things changed in the community? There's a lot of things that are still the way they were when I grew up, and there's a lot of things that are different than when I grew up. Um, specifically, my own neighborhood has changed. Um, I grew up in the Queen Lane housing development. And growing up, there was a high rise um, and we lived right right around the high rise. And if you go by that neighborhood now, the high rise has been demolished. Everyone has been relocated. There's been um, some tax credit properties that have been built in its place. Um, nowhere near the number of people. So my own neighborhood has changed. But when you venture a little, you know, when you go to Shelton Avenue and different places, a lot of those things are still similar. But, you know, German like Germantown is just this place that's in flux you know, with a lot of consistency, but there's also a lot of new things happening at the same time, which kind of makes it exciting. Mm-hmm. And Rakim, you've made a life here for yourself here in Germantown. <clears throat> You're originally from Brooklyn, right? Yeah, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. So let's get that out the way right now. Okay. But Germantown is home. And my wife, was she was born in Philadelphia, raised um, in northern New Jersey. Um, she went to Temple. And so we lived in New York together. And we really wanted to have a, a, a better quality of life. New York is... is is uh too many people mm-hmm. um like, uh, just not almost not many people that's just too much philly has a a ton of culture 
just a ton of good people, just a, a it's, it's our kind of people to be mm-hmm. really be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Minus the sports teams, I'm probably gonna get beat up for that. But it was a place that we, my wife, loved to be at. She went to college here. She was born here. It felt right. You know, I would come here every so often, and we really wanted to start another life here. We've done that, so I think we've kind of, we've always been connected. Any neighborhood that we've been in, I think we've been connected here more so just because of our ownership here. We were very transient. Other places, when we we knew we'd be here, and we knew we'd, we'd want to be a stakeholder here for a while, so we're in it for the long haul. So you also work for Germantown United. Tell us about your job and what you <clears throat> what you do for Germantown United. So yeah, and that, and that just kind of piggybacks off my what you were saying before with the roots here, right? So I was able to, when you're new, obviously you don't have the history of someone who was born and raised here, but at the same time, you're trying to, when you're here, you can really make those connections and really connect with people who really care about the community, and you got to have skin in the game, and we, and we do. So uh, yeah, I work at Germantown United CDC as their Neighborhood Advisory Committee Manager. Uh, a thing I work primarily on is housing. It's interesting, right? It's like a natural progression. Housing is such a big deal no matter what city, what state, what country you live in. It's, ba- it's a basic necessity. So I deal a lot with housing at Germantown United, primarily focused on housing foreclosure, trying to prevent people from losing their homes. And, and what I've seen recently is, uh, unfortunately, the last month, month or two have been the highest levels of foreclosure facing Germantown recently. So that's 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 kind of scary stuff. So I'm responsible for not only being in the office and speaking with folks, I actually go out in the community door-to-door, connect with residents, and let them know about existing resources that are out there for them to possibly keep their homes. Um, so we want to want to meet people where they're at. And in a lot of instances, there are some folks who don't know about some of these resources. So it's actually time well spent and worthwhile mm-hmm. to make sure that we keep stability mm-hmm. in, in the neighborhood. So what's happening locally <clears throat> that the foreclosures have gone up? Uh, we're seeing a lot of tax foreclosures happening. Um, so let's say you have about 20 houses that might be facing foreclosure in one particular month. I, I would say maybe 15 of those might be tax foreclosures. So you're seeing a lot. So what and I'll give you a quick quick example of some things that I've been seeing. You might have some families who were privileged enough and blessed enough to have some kind of wealth building apparatus, right? So they have their home, their their family did well for themselves, and they want to pass off something to their family members. So you might have the next generation who might have a home, which is great. The home might be even paid off. But what they don't realize is that the taxes are still there. They don't pay attention to it. And unfortunately, in a lot of things that I've seen, that those taxes add up over time and it kind of got out of control and folks are in danger of losing their homes. So that's a real problem. And there's a, a education, a re-education that needs to happen to, to avoid that from happening. Mm-hmm. So okay. we're trying to tackle it on... on so that's something I'm, I'm passionate about housing, which kind of directly goes back to Raw Street Investments, something that Kwame and I both decided to get together and do. Um, so this is something that we, in our own personal lives, what we do, we really been, we've been doing this for a while now, focused on those, those type of initiatives. So tell the audience how you guys got connected, how did you meet, and your connection to the Jumpstart Germantown program. We met uh, as, as neighbors. Uh, we both live on the same block. Raheem moved on the block, which was about three, two years ago. About three years ago. About three years ago. And as you can tell by the conversation, Hakeem is very outgoing. So, uh, you know, being the new guy on the block, he was he was interested in meeting everyone on the block, you know, trying to get familiar with everyone. So in passing, we kind of start off a casual, how you doing? That led to conversations. And then through conversations, we realized we had a lot of the same interests. That led into him inviting me out to a couple of jumpstart events. 
once I got invited to the Jumpstart events, I was like, wow, this seems to be a nice program. And he's like, well, if you're interested, I'm going through the first session. Um, I can possibly put your name on a list if you're really sincere about it. I said, oh, definitely. You know, I'd definitely like to go to a session. So I think I was in the third session, maybe. And, you know, as graduates, we originally were going to do things individually. But as once I graduated, he had already, you know, got his mentor, had his group sessions, meeting his peers. And we just another conversation. I think we were sitting in his car one day on a way from a Jumpstart meeting and said, you know what? Instead of pursuing this individually, why not come together as partners? We can share resources, come together with ideas, bounce ideas off of each other, mitigate, mitigate our risk and hopefully, you know, produce a quality product. And that's how we got together. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how our, our business relationship was It's so connected to Jumpstart Germantown's program. So Individually, you guys had done some projects individually, right? Right. Right. As a, a rehab. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We're still pretty new. Okay. But, um, but yeah, there was, there was some, we were kind of like forging our own paths, so okay. to speak. And Jumpstart kind of came in like a eureka moment. So, <laughs> so it kind of tied everything together for you guys in yeah. terms of what you some of the experience that you had and then what you were learning and it's kind of, you said yeah. Eureka, it's just well, kind of like some clarity. Yeah, no, and I just just visualize a split screen, right? And in one side of the split screen, Kwame's taking on his projects and, and doing what he's doing and I, unbeknownst to me, all right, and, and I'm trying to figure things out myself and, and, and I'm trying to figure out, well, what's a good way to have, uh, to start a business? What's a good way to, to figure out what I don't know? I ended up at SCORE, which is a nonprofit which in score, you know, it was a really great experience. Um, at the time, I think they're, I'm not sure if they're still there, but their offices were in Center City. I went there, spoke to intake counselor, uh, Gloria, and she, she's asked me what I was interested in, what I want to do. I was all over the place. So she really tried to focus me. And she's like, oh, you, this sounds, you sound like a perfect candidate for Jumpstart Germantown. Are you familiar with it? I'm like, no. She told me a little bit about it, went home, went on the internet, very excited about it. It sounded like something that really I was looking for. Ironically enough, going through the program with Ken, Ken always says, you know, we want to share the pie, right? That's this big thing. Share the pie, share the pie, spread resources, right? Like not just kind of keep it to yourself. So essentially Kwame and I were the embodiment of that. We, you know, I could have easily just said, no, I don't want to. Kwame could have as well. But I've been telling all type of folks hey, this is great. This is in your own backyard. Right, right. And now, now it's now it's grown even more. More so when I was in class, I think West Philly was auditing our class. Now they have a Jumpstart program. I think there's a bunch throughout the yeah. city now. So. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely exploded. Yep. Right. So for our audience, um, explain what SCORE is. That's with the Small oh, Business Administration. Yeah, sorry and- about that. So SCORE is a nonprofit that's, they're connected to the Small Business Administration. And what they do is you have a lot of successful business owners in a variety of different industries who've come together to dedicate their time and resources to help folks out like myself. Uh, folks who are just aspiring to get into whatever spaces that they're, they've been pushing to for a while, and to really give them just solid, tangible advice and to work with them throughout the process. So not just at the beginning, but they'll reevaluate where you are and really try to assist you in that way. So it's an excellent program, and I'm very thankful for them to even connect me with Jumpstart and eventually, essentially indirectly be responsible for this connection. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, that's great. Yep. That's fabulous. Talk a little bit more about how Jumpstart has accelerated your progress. You talk about the, the mentoring that you got. Our mentors were able to not just say, okay, this is what you do next. This is how you do it. They were also able to inspire us to say, hey, for example, my mentor said, I have dozens of people that I mentor. I've learned that it's not about how many people I mentor. It's about how many people I can get to take to take the next step. 
And so after that conversation with my mentor, Brendan Kelly, he was like, okay, it's good that you want to get into this, but the hardest thing is taking the first step. And you have to actually, you know, put your eyes on the property, close on that property, renovate that property and occupy that property. If not, you're just talking, you're just around the space, you're not engaging in the space. That's that's one of the benefits of the program because it has someone and it the makes accountability. you the mm-hmm. accountability and someone that's going to hold you accountable. And every day until we actually until Rakim and I actually selected a property, there were daily calls like, OK, what are you doing today? Have you found anything? Well, where are you looking? Have you got any um, referrals? What? How can I help you? But you have to do something. You just can't. If not, I'm, I'm just going to leave you alone. And you, this is not for you. And being the type of person I was, that kind of challenged me. I didn't want to waste his time, nor did I want to waste my own time. But I especially didn't want to waste his time because I know he was serious about real estate. Honestly, I didn't want him to look down on me. (laughs) It was my pride. I was like, no, I'm going to buy a house because you are not going to. I'm not going to be one of the ones in the category that said "Ah, he was a waste of my time. Right, right. Exactly. That's huge. Yeah, same thing. Uh, Mentorship has been mentorship is key in anything that you do prior to even in real estate mentorship was key for me when I worked in government right and, and those mentors were invaluable so and <clears throat> people get the sense that they think mentorship means that you're I mean we were novices and and it's still a newer in some regard but there's nothing to be ashamed of of mentorship it's actually a great thing to be able to lean on folks you're never going to do anything great by yourself right you, you not, no one ever gets there by themselves they ask a lot of questions they talk to people there might be some instances and, and and especially in this regard i can't tell you before i went through jumpstart i would drive through germantown and i would look at folks uh, renovating homes and i remember i won't put the developer on blast like that but there was a developer on germantown avenue pull over my car and at the time i had like this crazy hoopty and I just pulled over. He's probably looking at me like, who's this nut nut job? So I pulled over, hopped out, was looking at his property. I spoke to him because I'm not afraid to talk to anyone. It's like, hey, I'm trying to get into this and blah, blah, blah. I uh, was able to get his number, but just completely blew me off. And looking back at it, I can't, I'm not upset about it, but there, there's a lot of folks who probably hear so many people coming up to them, asking them questions. They can't give their time to everyone. Jumpstart has streamline that process and and made us reach out to folks folks are there for us and there you don't want to waste their time and you know how rare that is right that folks right. are folks who are already successful in their own regard are taking their time to kind of help bring you along that's rare so you don't want to waste their time you want to ask good questions right. and you want to make sure that it's it's um it's time well spent yeah i mean definitely jumpstart clears the runway for people and if if participants are serious then if they take action, there's no reason why they can't be successful. And yeah, how many so. programs do you have where the actual person that started the program teaches you the classes and actually serves as an indirect mentor? Um, right. You know, when we got our first, both all of the properties we've we've uh, got through Jumpstart Germantown thus far, and this is our, we're on our second. Ken has actually been the person that's come out and done the walkthrough, completed the walkthrough with us. That's huge. And oh, it's, it's tremendous because you have this, you know. This person, you're looking at kind of like this 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 developer who is at this level, almost, I hate to say it like this, but almost this developer guy type of person where he's just like at this level where, you know, you aspire to be. And most people at that level kind of look at people like us as novice and like, eh, you're not on my level. I'm not really going <laughs> to interact with you. Um, nothing personal. Right, but right. I, maybe they'll meet for coffee. Maybe. Maybe. But for Ken to come out and actually do the walkthroughs, it was tremendous because we were, he 
answer questions for us. Right. Um, he advised us on things. Um, he made comments on, on strategic ways to go about uh, renovating the property to save money on a renovation. Even sometimes, in a couple of cases, he uh, actually advises how to configure our kitchens. You know, so it was an incredible experience yeah. to have someone at that level. And I would say, uh, so... The good thing about Jumpstart is you also have a cohort of people you went through with. So you kind of naturally have connections with folks. You might not speak to them every day, but hey, I'm thinking about this. Where are you at with this? Like you kind of share those resources. They have mentors too. And you start noticing after a while if you have these these meetups, you start seeing their mentors. So you indirectly have, I have, yes, one official mentor, but indirectly have maybe like three or four mentors because of Jumpstart, right? And I remember... I remember uh, one uh, mentor, Stan Smith. I remember I met with Stan, and the, one of the <laughs> Stan's a funny dude. And I remember the, one of the first times we met with Stan. Stan was like, I, I, "I don't believe you," and he was like, "I don't believe you. I'm not hearing the jargon. It's not coming. You, 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 you got to me- you're not talking the language. You got to make me believe you." And I, I remember coming home to my wife like, like Man, a boxer. I just got beat up." <laughs> Like, this dude just, like, beat me up. Just did five rounds. Yeah, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm out of here, man. But, but no, but it, st- it stayed with you, right? And it made you want to work harder, right? So I remember I remember the same time I heard that, the same way I felt that way, I remember speaking to Stan one time. And, you know, we had been doing this for a little bit of time now. And I spoke. He's like, oh, you're speaking a language now. And it, and it made me feel good because it was like. He could see the growth. He could see the growth with you guys. Right. That's what it was. So you might not have been aware of it. Yeah. But with his, <laughs> with that interaction, he saw a definite before and after with with you. Yeah, yeah, that was good. It, it, I met him after he met him because he introduced, that was his mentor, so he introduced me to him. So he had already told me that story. So I was like all tense when I first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, he's not going to take well, me through he's that. A big, he's a yeah. big teddy bear. No, nah, he was great. He was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a big yeah. teddy bear. So talk about your first joint project together. How did that go? So yeah, this was interesting because we had one near LaSalle and we had we were so excited about this particular property we were going to have it everything was going to work out and 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 anyone in real estate knows it's never over until you get to the closing table right it's never over so we're feeling really good about ourselves we're new we're like oh man this is easy oh we're gonna do it we're gonna kill this thing <laughs> so we get to we're about to get to the closing table realize like the the owner was just misrepresenting who really owned someone else had a stake in it and it was just all messy we didn't close we were so defeated because we were so excited to get rolling um but we had made the good thing is we had made relationships with folks we forged those relationships ended up getting the house directly across the street after being down for a little bit it ended up looking back at it ended up being a better situation for us right so can't be upset about that just keep pushing along even with like like ebbs and flows mm-hmm. so we got this particular property it was in bad shape or really bad shape so we went in there we you know we assessed it we we, and we treated it like our baby a lot of a lot of times we wanted to say to ourselves, would we live in this i know everybody says that but we really want to put care in it it was our first one we wanted to stand out everybody's is, is obsessed with brand but it's more it's, it's more like putting people first and then you know, your finances will come. You don't want to be silly from from a business standpoint, but put people first, really put yourself in their mentality, what they would do, and have a long-term approach, right? Not a short-term run where you're just cutting corners and not doing quality stuff. And then also, I think it makes a big difference that Kwame's from Germantown. 
we live in Germantown. We're invested in Germantown. We work in Germantown. Like everything's Germantown. So our projects here really mean something because we get to really see the growth of. We can walk down a block and be proud of what we did and have and have a part in shaping it. Right. Right. Um, in a quality way with right. the people as well as just the aesthetic look of it as well. So Kwame, talk a little bit more about how you guys deal with the natural tension that exists between real estate development in this neighborhood and neighbors that are viewing change with a lot of suspicion mm. and skepticism? Wow, good question. We try to be who we are. We don't try to sugarcoat it. If we go into, like, for example, the first property we went into, and even the ones that we've done uh, since then, we go into the neighborhood not trying to act like something we're not. We're, hey, we, we, our intention is to renovate this property and rent it out. You know, we're not going to act like, we're not going to try to tell you we're going to do A, B, and C. We're going to rent it, we're going to renovate it and rent it out. But what we do promise them is that it will be a renovation that you will be proud of. It will be a renovation that will enhance the neighborhood. Um, so as Rakim said, it's very important to us that we create spaces that one, A, we would want to live in. And we don't say that, you know, just to say it, we actually mean it. And that it's about respect. So we, one, we respect the tenant even before we know who the tenant is. We respect the tenant. And having worked in public housing for a majority of my career, I've seen both sides. I've seen the side where the tenant isn't respected, and I've seen the side where the tenant is respected. And 10 out of 10 times, when you respect your tenant, the tenant will respect your property. So our goal is to put, provide a product that is modern, that's up to date, that is beautiful, safe, safe, absolutely that's has to be works. safe. Yep. So the tenant, if they have children, they will be proud of where they live. Our primary focus is to provide high quality housing for folks on the housing voucher program, right? So that's not something a lot of landlords want to tackle because this is misconceptions. Like if you don't have a lot of money, you're not worth having high quality housing or you're just going to destroy it. Right. So we're trying to dispel that myth. We're also leaving money on the table from a business standpoint to invest to invest socially as well. Right. So anyone could say like, oh, we're we're doing this, we're doing that. But like the proof is in the pudding, like because if we were just trying to all about the money, and not really seeing the long-term approach with like investing in people and communities as well and trying to stabilize it, folks who actually live in a community still, then we would just milk it for all it's worth. And we're not doing that. Um, so we're trying to f- walk this fine line of still being responsible businessmen, um, but at the same time be responsible citizens of Germantown as well. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit more about that, because that is a definite shift, this whole idea that you're not trying to squeeze every last penny out of out of the property. So how do you guys go about doing your valuations? How do you figure out this fine balance between making money, doing well, but also doing good? Lose a lot of sleep. So. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of conversations. Yeah, a lot, a lot of conversations, <laughs> um, a lot of back and forth. Um, every project is unique. Uh, so we go into each project trying to come up with, okay, this is going to be our bottom line. This is the percentage we want to make off of, the, of whether it's a refi or whether if it's, if it's a sale property. And then we try to back into that number. And if we can back into that number, great. If we can back into the number and put and produce the product that we want to produce, that's a win-win. But, and I'm sure Rakim will agree, the, end, the our primary goal is the product. So if, if backing into the product means that we're going to not make as much money as we anticipated making, that's fine with us. Yeah, know? and it's a, it's, a, it's a long-term approach too, right? So yeah. the only way it can work is to have a long-term approach, right? Because if you don't have a long-term approach, you're, you're like, wait a minute, how much am I leaving? I'm not going to do this. It's not like, mm. 
you're like, nah, I can't get down with that, right? But you have to have a long-term approach because a lot of investors, they'll look at percentages, right? And they'll look at these hard, fast rules, right? You'll see a lot of, right? Like, there's a lot of things. You go on bigger pockets, you go oh, read right. books. Like, it's like, well, you got to have the 65, the rule of 65 or right. the 70% rule. It's a good tool to have some parameters, right? So you got to start somewhere. You don't want to, like, not know anything. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you'll start realizing, like, it's not as black and white sometimes. There's a lot of gray there. So you can assess like, well, okay, this particular property, maybe I'm not going to get as much of a percentage, but you look at your raw numbers, and if you're still good there and you still have the ability to keep growing, and then it makes sense, you get a family in there, right. stabilize things, stabilize the block, especially if there's a home that it was in really bad shape before and that's going to affect that block. Now, all of a sudden, people on that block are like, wait a minute, this is a really nice house. It's, it changes the way people view their own neighborhood, right? Right. And then right. you have somebody in there and they actually can afford it, for real. So it's like, wait a minute, right. it looks nice and I can afford it? Because usually people don't think those two go together, right? Um, Unfortunately, many times they don't. Right. We've had the ugly house. Um, we've had the house or opportunity to get the house where someone was actually living in it and wanted to sell so they can move out. And then we acquired a property where the family was the like a long-term residence of the house. They moved out. The mother and father passed. The, the children moved out, and they were renting it to another family. Something happened with the family. The family got evicted, and they wanted to sell it to someone they they were hoping could bring back the sense that they once lived in. A pride, right? Yeah. They wanted, they wanted, they, they actually said this to us at the closing table. Um, cause they, when we were at oh, the yeah, table, so talk about that story. Yeah. 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 We were at the table and you know, I, I don't, I can't talk about every closing, but usually when you go to a closing and it's, it, it's just like you're on one side, I'm on the other side. Um, we may be cordial, but there's not much conversation. So, and that's how this one started. Um, but I, I they were kind of observing Rakim and I, and we were just talking about raw street in general with each other. A couple other people were in the room. I think the, um, yeah, the realtor. So we were just having a general conversation. Unbeknownst to us, they were actually listening. And I think maybe 25, 30 minutes into the closing, they actually like came around to the side of the table and says, you know what? I'm so happy we're selling a house to you guys. And we're like, oh, okay. Well, thank you. Any particular reason? We've just been listening to your conversation. We hear what you guys are about. This is the type of house we grew up in. The, the, the way you're describing what you want to do with the house, how you want to you know, influence the neighborhood. They actually, one of the ladies actually came to us after the closing was completed. They turned over the keys. She actually met us at the house, took mm -hmm. pictures with us in the house right. and said, my parents would be proud that we were selling the house to you guys. Oh, wow. That was a great experience. It was. We faced the same challenges as residents as the blocks that we're investing in as well. So we get it. So talk a little bit about your investment criteria. What do you guys look for? Primarily, we're looking for Germantown, obviously. So it has to be in Germantown. It has to be in an area where we think we can bring value. Um, not just the property can bring value to us, but we can bring value to the area itself. So that's, that's like our, our, our general criteria. You know, if we start, you know, getting deeper into the weeds, obviously the financial piece has to make sense. You know, it has to be um, what we try to look for. We can joke with us and say we're the small house guys. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that. Unintentionally, all of our pro all of our projects have been two, two, three bedroom houses, row houses. Um, and in our opinion, those are the ones that tend to get neglected. So we've kind of picked that up and said, you know what, that's maybe a niche that we can fill. And we're going to make that our primary focus. I think they like the fact that we just talk to them like, like regular, regular folks. people. Like, yeah. Because... I, I'm not sure what their experiences were before, but there's people who just act like folks are like they're like they don't exist, like they're blind. Like people just want to be treated like decent human beings. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's not a really 
hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. But but apparently a lot of folks aren't being treated that way. Right. And people want to, you just want people to be honest with them too. Yeah. And there's a lot of folks, developers who think folks are they're not smart. These people are very smart. Um, they know what's they know what's going on. They see development. They want to know how they're impacted. So they just want to be able to have a conversation with you. And then you, the funny thing is, if you end up talking to neighbors, you it's the best thing you can do. Right. You learn so much about about the, even if you're from Germantown, like you might not know specifically what things on this particular block. Like, oh, this used to be that. It's a really good thing. Oh to, yeah, the history, yeah. the, the neighborhood history. history. Yeah. yeah, everywhere. And they're quick to solicit you, you know, to offer you advice. And one of the things that we take pride in is we'll listen. Right. right. You know, actually, a couple of our properties, they said, well, you know, this used to be here. Are mm-hmm. you guys putting that back? And in a couple instances, we were like, no, but we will. You know, there was a queen. You know, one of the properties had, a, you know, the porch was falling down. So we had an option. We can either tear the porch down, which a couple of other developers, developers had done, had done or we could restore the porch. And we were looking at the block and a couple of neighbors like, you know, that used to be a really nice porch. And we said to ourselves, you know what, we're going to put the porch back. And when we put the porch back, the, you know, the, especially the senior that lived next door was just ecstatic. You know, it was like, wow, I'm glad you guys really put and that you, porch back. And you can tell like certain like. Like this particular neighbor next to us really is a lot of challenges on this particular block, right? But there is like a battle between neighbors who are really trying to keep it together and some folks who just have Letting not been to be quite honest with you. And um, this particular neighbor right next to us, I mean, you could tell she took great pride in her home. So to be able to have us come next to her and like build off that, like she was very happy about that. Right. Vacation was there. And the other thing too with the porch, I mean, that's that's kind of like the bedrock thing of, Thank you. of the community. That's Germantown. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. where people, yeah, that's, that's where it starts. Right. That connection with your neighbor it, it really, is the porch. My house has a porch and I can't tell you how many times like, I see my neighbors just sitting out on the porch, and especially when it's good weather, folks try to milk it to the last bit. bit. Of course. But it it, it it really is what makes Philly what it is, too. You can just, I know some neighborhoods, they have porch parties. Right. We need more of that in Germantown. Right. But yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. That's great. So talk about what it's been like being partners. Who does what? How do you guys, um, who's the yin and the yang? How do you guys <laughs> divide the labor? <laughs> As you can see by this dialogue, he he definitely has this this level of enthusiasm and energy, and I feed off of that. I'm more more of the reclusive one, okay. you know what I mean. He's more of the outgoing one, so that there there's a dynamic right there. When it comes to actually uh, the business aspect of it, we kind of both do the same thing, mm-hmm. but but within that, there's one of us may like an aspect of it better. Um, one of us may gravitate towards cert- some things. A little differently than the other, and we both have to realize who's better at it. Who's better at that at that time? And you know, the the part of the 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 partnership that is rewarding is you have to kind of be like humble yourself and say, you know what, he's got that, and vice versa. Yeah. And you have to also realize, like, hey, I need to take this one. I got this. You know, let, let me take this. I got it. And that's the balance. And so far, it's been working. It probably would be easier if we said, hey, Kwame's going to do A, Rakim's going to do B. Um, but we find out, especially with our schedules, that it's easier just to say, OK, let's talk about all of the all that needs to be done. What's the best way to do it? Who can do this? All right, you take it this time. I'll take it that time. And it's been working out so far pretty good. Okay. Yeah. And we and we try to define define things. And, and it's like any relationship over time. It kind of like uh, it adjusts. Right. As the business grows, like certain things that we'll, we'll need to do differently. But right now, same thing. Kwame has been in property management for decades right he like that's wow. his, so it, decades 
A veteran, you're a veteran. That word is so powerful, right? (laughs) But uh, I know, I know. It just sounds crazier. But, you know, it'd be silly for me to like, let me tell you something, Kwame. I know, like, no, that's silly. Like, we respect each other's opinions. There's There's not this level of like, I know best. It's kind of like we put different ideas out there and we work through it together, right? So that's like really key that we are able to have that. It's res- I think respect is there too. And I Definitely, think, yeah. Because you can't have it. And I think also an overall sense of what we're trying to do really drives everything, right? Like, So it's not really about our pride and ego and who does this and, and that. Is it, is, is it kind of, you know, even being here right now is almost contrary to who we are on some level, right? Just like getting out there and talking. Because we, we could care less about like who knows us, right? Okay. But it, but it's kind of like if the business is actually doing good and we're doing good work, and that, that that's gonna speak volumes, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Like you know. So you kind of touched on this already, but any advice that you would give other investors on when it comes to partnering with with friends? Any advice you would give to people? Well, I'll be wary, right? Uh, I would say yeah. I would say um, first and foremost. Before you even find a partner, identify what you want to do. Um, that's the that's mm-hmm. the best way to find a partner because once you realize what you want to do, you'll start to gravitate towards people who want to do the same thing. When it comes to selecting a partner, I think that's just a matter of having conversations and saying, okay, obviously we're we have the same interests, we kind of want to do the same thing. What do you see you producing? How does that look? So for Rakim and I, we both wanted to give back. So it wasn't just that we wanted to be real estate investors. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a they you know you can find a real estate investor, the, the hundreds of them in, Ger- in Jumpstart Germantown alone. But what we wanted to do was we wanted to create a, a, a form of housing. You know, we kind of stole this phrase from Ken Noah. You know, naturally occurring affordable housing. That was both of our passions. So we said, you know what, let's partner and do this. Um, so I don't think the partnership would have worked if Rakim or I was interested in just maximizing profits. You know, it just wouldn't have worked because at some point there would have been a conflict because, I, you know, what depending on which one of us would have been like, hey, I'm trying to get this family in. I want this house to, you know, have this type of, you know, equipment. I wanted to have this type of cabinetry. I wanted to have this type of flooring. The person who cares about maximizing the dollar would have been like, no, we're not going to do that. That's going to cost too much money. Right. You know, it, what's the, it wouldn't have worked. Right. But since we both have that vision and we both want to build that kind of business, it made sense for us to partner. You know, you always hear these, like I heard a, someone said, what's your why, right? You have these moments, even us as newer developers, we have these moments where there's some tough moments and we lean back on like why we're doing it. And we both are kind of like have that same mindset, right? So like I, I prior to Kwame, I've had folks express interest in wanting to partner with me, right? And I just knew that maybe the money was good, like that made sense there, but like ideologically, like we didn't align and that was going to have a conflict, right? And then Germantown is so unique. It's a very active community, people who really care about a lot of stuff, right? This goes back forever. And just, that's a that's a very important thing. I remember I was having a conversation with someone um, who's another investor and he said, yeah, I'm not going to put a refrigerator in this house. And I'm like, hold up, what? And he's like, <laughs> And he's like, he's will like, there be running water? He's like, I'm not going to put a refrigerator. And then he's like, yeah, that's a common thing. I'm like, is it? And then he's like, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, this is a rental. He's like, yeah. I'm like, what are you? Are you crazy? I'm like, you're not going to put a refrigerator. I'm like, I'm like, you've lost me. And I, I wish I had a partner who told me something like that. We're not going to put a refrigerator. Folks are renting, so now folks don't have a ton of money. So now you want them to go. 
they're renting, mind you, go buy a refrigerator, and right. then when they're done, maybe they're not living anymore, lug it away too. Yeah, because that's cool. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? And I and I told him straight up, I was like, yeah, that's some slumlord stuff. And my wife was on the phone, she's like, who are you talking to like that, right? I'm like, that's not cool. Like, is th- But there's a lot of folks, and th- you see these listings, you'll see like this house has been decked out, and they just won't buy a refrigerator for some odd reason. I'm like, that just shows me you're not thinking about people. Like, right. have you been right. a renter before? Like, have you really, I've been a, I've been a renter most of my life. I just bought a house years ago, right? Like before, prior to that, I, I, I was a lifelong renter. To to go against what people want and need and treat them like decent human beings, that like that's the bedrock of like Kwame and I. Like, yes, it's a business, so we're not sitting here like we're not businessmen and, and we're not trying to do good business, right? But there is a path to be able to like do good and still run a business. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. not like right. that, that you shouldn't be ridiculed for doing business, especially if you're trying to be responsible about right. it too. Right. Like, there should be a, a path for that. So talk a little bit more about Noah. Naturally occurring affordable housing. Um, basically, like I said, we were we were with Ken looking at one of our projects, and he's, you know, actually standing on the steps. He said to us, he said, "Hey, you know what? You guys are Noah investors." Like, and right. me, me and Rakim were like, "What's a Noah investor? Talk about, man. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> what is the he's ark? Like, right. He was That's like, what I'm thinking. I'm like, right, right. <laughs> two, yeah, two by two. Right. Get yeah. my Bible app. Right. <laughs> so you know, I, the next question was, "What's a Noah investor?" And he was like, "Naturally occurring affordable housing. You guys are providing affordable housing <laughs> in Germantown." without, you know, necessarily government assistance, without, you know, a whole bunch of resources or tax credits or such things like that. You guys are actually taking your own resources and creating nice products for people to live affordably. And we said, we never coined it, but we were like, yes. Like these light bulbs went off. We were like, yes, that's exactly what we are. I mean, and we've talked about it. We just never coined it. You know, we we, we didn't know of the phrase. So that's basically what it is. We are just two investors who've decided to take some personal losses when it comes to the profits and invest those back into the properties and make them affordable for families that we hope and pray will appreciate them, live in them for as long as they need to live in them, take advantage of those opportunities and build from those opportunities. So that's how we feel like we get, that's our profit, knowing that you'll be able to your children will be proud of where they live. They'll be able to be successful in school because they they have a good environment to come home to. Right. You'll be happy and at peace with your own home. So, you know, when you come from the stresses of the world, you can come into an environment that's just nice place to live. It's comfortable, has all of the amenities you need. So our hope is that even that little bit of stress reduction will benefit you in your life long term. So that's kind of our version of Noah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Absolutely. So what's on the horizon for you guys? Where do you see yourselves going? Do you guys have a three-year or five-year plan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, as Rakim said, you know, the one of the, th- one of the reasons why it's easy for us to not ma- maximize the, ben- the profits on each property is because we're trying to do this by economies of scale. So, you know, three, five years now, we want to continue to do this. Um, you know, we want to continue to grow, to have, you know, inventory, um, get into different ventures. Eventually we want to start getting into multifamilies and then from multifamilies, you know, a couple other um, commercial properties, always with the concept of how can this product or how can this, how can we scale, but still be able to provide the services that we provide. So that's, that's our ultimate long-term goal. In the past, there's been a lot of things that came down that we just, we couldn't handle all of it. Like there's a lot of like opportunities and we just didn't have the finances to be able to tackle all these things but there's things in germantown happening we want to be the ones doing it because we want to do quality work 
And yeah, we think there's a lot of opportunities still here for sure. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of family and having the support of, of family and what you guys are doing? Yeah, so it's interesting. I've had family members who they think like I'm an alien, right? They're a little confused. They're like, what are you even mm-hmm. talking about? Like what what like what are you doing? Like what What are you playing at? Why is that important? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? And there's some folks who and you have to like block out, you have to believe in your own vision, right? Because there's so many folks who people you respect in your family too, right? Like mm-hmm. they're probably older than you a little bit that you've kind of grew up and and done good things for you and they're like, no, you can't have rent to know it's going to go bad for you. And if you like really feed into that, you have to believe in your vision. You have to like believe in like you wake up every single day in Germantown. You see what's happening in Germantown. It's like you put the work in, you're studying it, you're taking it very seriously. You're researching things, you're tuned with current events. Uh, you see that you know, know the landscape, you know the finances and you know how powerful real estate is in terms of shaping a community. Right. You can see the fruits of your labor socially, financially. Touch is a creative side too that you can you you you're creating, you're shaping. That's a that's a beautiful thing. If you're doing that day in day out, other people are not with you on that journey. You kind of gotta like block that noise out a little bit and just believe in it. I've been very fortunate because my family actually, you know, from my wife to my to my sisters to to my to my mother, and actually the the seed money. Um, that we used to start Raw Street came from a company called G Squared. They gave us our initial 15% deposit that we needed to get our first property through Jumpstart. And that came from a collaboration of family members putting together money to say, hey, you want to start a business? You want to start a real estate investment business? We're going to put up capital for you to start your real estate investment business. So, you know, without family, neither one of us are sitting here talking to you right Mm -hmm. now. No, Mm -hmm. no. Oh, that's beautiful. So, folks, we've been talking today with Kwame Gray and Rakeem Miller of Ross Street Investments. You guys, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you online? What's the best way to connect with you guys? Uh, Instagram is pretty popular right now, right? That's, that's what all the cool people are saying. So, <laughs> yeah, if you just look us up, Ross Street Investments, um, that's probably the best way you can directly message us. Um, so we utilize that as email as well. So I would say our Instagram is probably probably the best way to get directly in contact with us. We probably have to update some stuff since we've done some stuff and not posted pictures, but we're, we're there and that's a good way to contact. Okay, great. Well, it's been fabulous having you guys in. Um, really appreciate coming thank by you. the studio. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you. And uh, folks, you've been listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show. Remember, you can find this episode and all other past episodes on the Jumpstart Germantown website, which is jumpstartgermantown.com. And you can also find this as a podcast on Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, and Stitcher. So thanks a lot for listening, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>